0: Hey everyone, this is Adam Ellenboss from Nightlight Astrology. Happy Monday, everybody. Today, we're going to take a look at one of the biggest aspects of the entire month and certainly this week, which is Mars's conjunction with Pluto in the sign of Aquarius. So, today we have Mars moving from Capricorn at the 29th degree from its exaltation into Aquarius, where it will immediately be on the same degree as Pluto. Uh, and the conjunction will spread out as the week goes on. So, this is a slower moving conjunction which makes it a a bit more powerful um there are a bunch of other aspects in the sky this week that we are going to be looking at i'll preview those today before we go into mars's conjunction with pluto and five themes to watch for but um yeah this is the beginning of the long uh sequence of aspects that are also starting to take place between aquarius and taurus as the month goes on so yeah a lot of the same themes are going to be repeating between those two signs uh but we'll also be so we'll be unpacking the kind of Taurus Aquarius combination as the month goes on as well as all of the specifics of the planetary conjunctions and uh, squares and their archetypal uh, the archetypal configurations that you can watch for anyway that's our agenda for today before we get into it as always don't forget to like and subscribe Share your comments and reflections and uh, smash, press, hit, stomp, click, tap, love the like button, (laughs) and uh, it really does help us grow. We appreciate it. You can find a transcript of today's talk on the website, nightlightastrology.com. I want to take you over there right now because I have a webinar coming up on February 15th that you may be interested in attending. Of course, this month, we have a bunch of stuff going on at Nightlight. If you go to the events page, you can check out the speaker series which is free and open to the public. You will find that we have three wonderful speakers coming. uh, And we have uh, uh, Joey Cannizzaro giving a talk on the philosophy and application of astrological correspondences. Alex Skye is talking, uh, giving a talk on counseling skills and astrological practice. Fernanda Paiva is giving a talk on the astrology of culinary, all of which should be really interesting. Those are free. You can attend, uh, you can register for those, receive a link, receive the recording afterwards if you can't make it. Those are uh, free thanks to the success of our Kickstarter. Uh, The other thing that I want to direct you to, if you go to live events, we have um, a new uh, monthly webinar that I'm doing um, on different topics that are uh, accessible for students of all levels. So whether you're a beginner or more advanced, there is something in these talks for you. Uh, The first one is happening right as Venus is conjoining Pluto this week. And um, we are going to be looking at, <clears throat> excuse me, we're going to be looking at Pluto's role in love, sex, and relationships. And that is both in the natal chart as well as by transit. So if you have Pluto and Venus together or Pluto in the seventh or Pluto squared to a bunch of planets in your seventh house, or if you have Pluto transiting something in your natal chart that's connected to the topic of love and relationships, we will be looking at all of the different ways that we can understand Pluto as the outer planet in relation to love so that's the first one of this series you can register there it's 20 uh if you can't make it live a recording is sent to you afterwards so uh, you can be there live for the webinar or attend uh watch it later and download to your device If you scroll down you'll notice that in march we have the next in the series on neptune in love and then in april uranus in love so Three different webinars, they are all now featured on the live events page of the website. You can find that on the homepage by clicking on the live events tab or going to events and going down and clicking on the live events tab. So when you register for those, um, there are uh, there's a link that'll be sent to you. And then if you can't attend live after the after the meeting is done, we send you a download link for the recording. So anyway, I hope to see some of you there. These should be really fun talks on the outer planets and the role that they play in love and relationships. Uh, I thought it was was kind of fitting that I scheduled the first one, and I noticed that Venus was conjoining Pluto this week, so uh, I hope to see some of you there, and uh, hopefully the the topic will be appropriate for the energy in the sky, too. Alrighty, well, um, on that note, I want to show you what's going on this week, and let's get into a discussion on uh, Mars and Pluto conjoining. First of all, it is a huge week uh, in terms of the um, just sheer amount of aspects So if we back this up just a little bit, I think right now I have it set till, here it is, Monday. So on Monday, we can see here today at the start of the week, Mars is culminating in Capricorn. And if we fast forward this one day, you'll see that by tomorrow, Mars is in Aquarius and the two planets are conjoining. Now that conjunction is therefore taking place. We just kind of spread it out through this week. We have it taking place Monday. And it's complete by Wednesday. So this is the uh, Valentine's Day should be. (laughs) It's it's a little charged with Venus coming through Pluto, Mars going over Pluto. Have a fun Valentine's Day week, right? Uh, But anyway, uh, if you even celebrate that kind of thing. Um, Starting off the week, it's within a degree. And by middle week, it's separating within a degree. If you give it like three degrees of separation, it's really present throughout the entire week. So There it is. Um, We're going to be paying attention to it as a transit perfecting between Tuesday, February 13th, and Wednesday, February 14th. Although you should definitely be feeling it today. You might have already been feeling it over the weekend a little bit. Uh, This transit is volcanic. Now, look at the other things that are going on, though. If we fast forward this just a little bit, you'll notice that uh, between the 16th, Friday, and Saturday, the 17th, Venus is going over Pluto. So for our talk on Thursday evening, we have Venus within about two degrees of a conjunction with Pluto. That ought to make for the appropriate energy uh, to discuss Venus and Pluto under for the webinar on Thursday night. Anyway, if you go beyond that, though, Venus's conjunction with Pluto spreads out from uh, like about Friday the 16th through Let's give it Sunday the 18th as the most active range. And then, I mean, there's a bunch of other stuff happening too this week. Um, For example, one of the other major things that's happening is we have a first quarter moon in Taurus on Friday. And that first quarter moon also features Mercury in Aquarius going through a square to Uranus, which tends to be... um, just a a very illuminating, you know, intellectually communicate in in terms of communication, intellect, mind, speech, ideas that just kind of pop. This is the light bulb really turning on with Mercury squaring uh, Uranus as the week goes on. And we have a first quarter moon there. Um, So, I mean, it it just, it's just, and this is the first of a number of transits that just keep getting, uh, keep pinging back and forth between the Aquarius and Taurus axis. We're going to have Mars and Venus both go through squares to Jupiter uh and, and and so on. So it it it's really again just we started off our horoscopes this month talking about the fact that this is the month of Taurus and Aquarius. Uh, so anyway, on that note, today We're speaking to Mars and Pluto in a conjunction in the sign of Aquarius. And I have five themes that I want you to watch for as the week unfolds here, especially this Monday through uh, Wednesday, as I said earlier. Number one on the list is circumstances that force change. Um, Pluto is a planet that naturally through process and not always. um, People often think of Pluto as a lot more explosive than it is process oriented, but actually Pluto transits by nature, as we're going to talk about in the webinar on Pluto and Venus this week are deeply process oriented. Most of the best things that Pluto delivers are not like sharp punctuated events that are traumatic or supercharged and instantly life-changing. They're process oriented. They, there, there will be some events that happen that are a little bit more volcanic for sure, but Pluto is a process oriented planet. Um, the process, the alchemy of transformation of death and rebirth that Pluto has, uh, long been famous for in modern astrology for, you know, maybe a hundred years now or something. Um, that process is usually something that when Pluto is transiting a natal planet will take a couple of years. However, it's different when we have something like Mars, which is acting as a trigger for the release or expression of Plutonian energy, um, which can, which usually serves as a more punctuated series of events or like little window of time. The reason for that is that Mars is of the more triggery action-oriented dynamic planets. Um, You'll notice that when Venus hits uh, Pluto, we'll have similar um, distinct events or expressions that surge forth more Um, powerfully and suddenly and instantly that's because in a sense, all fast moving planets, when they cross an outer planet through conjunction, square opposition, especially those hard dynamic aspects that they release the expression of the outer planet in very distinct and sort of sudden and sometimes more disruptive ways, although they can be very healing and beneficial and positive too, but the expression tends to pop, um, and we have a little window of time where we'll see distinct events. Now, those events may serve in a larger process that's actually slower and more drawn out, especially if Pluto's relating to things in your natal chart at the same time. Uh, but there's probably no planet. I mean, all, again, all the faster moving planets can serve to create a, like a trigger or flashpoint for Pluto when they cross an aspect. But Mars especially, Mars is the god of action. Mars is, is the god of dynamism and speed. And so when Pluto hits Mars... There is this way in which the the death and rebirth, the destructive and creative uh, fusion of that is Pluto, uh, comes together in ways that are are um, very fast and sudden and pointed, and they're action oriented. So what can happen? The way we tend to experience that. One of the ways we tend to experience that is that all of a sudden circumstances around me are forcing change. They're forcing some kind of transformation. It's uh it's as though You know, someone's like uh, spurring me if I'm a horse, you know, getting me, goading me. Actually, one of the interesting words for uh, a Kentron, which was an angular house and the dynamism associated with the angular houses in ancient astrology, which are in a sense very Mars-like, was um, the word Kentron could also mean like a spike or a goad, something that poked to, um, you know, sort of push action along. So when Mars hits Pluto, it's as though we got that little... Um, I mean, I don't like the the images of like you know it's I don't like thinking about spiking something, goading something with a prod, you know. Like it's it seems kind of violent, but if you can soften that to just think the forces of evolution are spurring change, they're they're poking us to get going. Circumstances are conspiring to make us move and act, and that's that's and and it can feel like circumstances are that are beyond our control. Um, in the same way that, you know, when you get a swift kick in the butt to get, to get up and do something, you often feel like, okay, I get the message. It, it doesn't feel like it came from you, but it came from someone or something else, your higher self or the angels or your guides. But it, it, it often feels as though circumstances, uh, conspired to let your daimon your, your, your daimon have an opportunity to speak and goad you into action. That's Mars, Pluto. Uh, at its best you know and and however those circumstances sometimes are more destructive or pointed or frustrating or challenging and require more courage or perseverance or sudden um responsiveness than than other transits and that's mars too why that's why we sometimes call mars a malefic right it's because that kind of pointedness is unsettling and can be a little anxiety provoking it's like suddenly being forced into action um you know So anyway, we'll see. We'll see how things go here. Number two, we also have the desire, the motivation, and the impetus to change that is stemming from a new idea or ideal. So the desire, the motivation, and the impetus is Mars. But the new idea or the new paradigm or the new ideal or the new um, ideology or belief or vision is the Pluto in Aquarius. Pluto's entrance into Aquarius has just happened in the past, you know couple of weeks here and for many of us we may have not really noticed that anything has shifted mars can be one of those planets that conjoining pluto and aquarius suddenly makes it clear that not everything is the same no there are new ideas there are new thoughts there are new pictures of what the future might look like new incentives new um new aspirations of how things could get better or of an ideal that we've drifted from that we need to get back to excuse me and so when mars hits pluto the desire the motivation the impetus the change suddenly presents itself hot red fast determined let's do it act and it's coming from a new Aquarian image or idea that's lofty and special and we think yes now i've got to go for it number three Confrontations or conflicts that force change. Maybe they force a change of mind. Maybe they force a change of vision or image. Maybe the idea that we, the new idea, isn't ready to be acted upon. Maybe the new idea is coming about and we're starting to see it or be, we're becoming aware of it for the first time because circumstances are conspiring and a conflict or a tension is um, presenting us with the new idea. So you either have the idea of the desire to act on a new idea coming about like now it's time to act oh there's a new idea and i've got to do something or pressures or conflicts or confrontations are arising that make a new idea necessary or that sort of boom make a new idea uh, uh, appear or come forth so the different ways of looking at the same thing you have the desire motivation impetus to create change now to act based on a paradigm that's slowly been establishing itself, but you're, you're ready to act on now, or you have confrontations, conflict, crisis, the sort of red hot Mars spiking in some way that forces a change of idea. And, and, and that change of idea is what is immediate, not necessarily, it may not be the time to act on it yet, but now you're getting clear about it. Do you see what I mean? So either one could be present uh <clears throat> number 4 is the courage to evaluate ideals and open the mind so mars is also like a scalpel mars is uh, uh was was associated with medicine with math with executive thinking with analytical thinking alongside of mercury mars and mercury together were associated with the sciences the study of of anything that would wield like a scalpel or a knife it was associated with things like alchemy um so Mars has this penetrating, cutting, probing, analyzing quality to it uh in the same way that like a scalpel does. But it could be Mars can be related to the mind, the, the sort of analytical judging, discriminating mind in that sense. So when it conjoins Pluto and Aquarius, it's this kind of oversight and analytical evaluating tendency. So you you start looking at things and going, I want to get below the surface, I want to see what's going on, I want to understand the structure, I want to understand the inner The workings of of all the parts and I want to judge and evaluate them against maybe a a higher standard or look and see if whether I believe that we are reaching as high as we can. So this is um, a transit that can be about uh, evaluation and kind of a a lofty, systematic, big picture blueprint um, analysis of something. And also um, one thing to keep in mind is that it's not always easy to do that. You have to have some degree of courage, detachment, open-mindedness to be in a position of discernment, evaluation, and thoughtful—the um, potential for thoughtful revision or thoughtful um, deconstruction and reconstruction uh, of systems. And, and like to do that requires a kind of open-mindedness and courage. Of course, you could have a very judging, executive, condemning, perfectionist quality as well. You have to be careful of that. And then finally the short-sightedness of lofty ideas. I mean, let me put it this way, and I'm not, there's something you have to be careful about with this combination that stems from the the hubris of a good idea. And we've talked about this a lot with Aquarius already, but any good idea that could revolutionize things will often in time become the uh, instrument of oppression uh, or uh, suppression or repression. Uh, And so there's okay. So for example, there are there are many many people who have um, maybe they've made billions of dollars, and you'll sometimes hear such people say, "Look, having made a ton of money, I'm here to tell you that um, there's far more to life than money." And you go, "Well, that's so nice to hear." Someone with so much wealth who has realized that you know it's not the be all end all. However, <laughs> you could you could fairly criticize that it took this person realizing uh, a, a a certain level of wealth and and success, and through that realization, it's kind of like, well, it's easy for you to say. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's easy for you to denounce, you know, wealth and accomplishment and fame and massive levels of success as not the be all end all because you've had all of that. (laughs) And so it's not so easy for someone who maybe is struggling to survive to, you know, denounce the desire for greater ease materially, you know? And, and so I'm just making this up as an example that I think is really common where a lofty idea that sounds really peaceful and virtuous and lofty. Like that's a noble virtuous idea. Like money can't buy me love. You know, I mean, people have been talking about this for thousands of years that your happiness is not ultimately you should not tie it into material things too much, but isn't it? Doesn't it? It's a little bit like when you hear such lofty ideas coming from people who have maybe ascended to the top of some hierarchy. Well, it's, it's, there's, It's hard to say that you 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 know, someone at the top of a hierarchy is sa- suggesting that there's more to life than a hierarchy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so and, and I'm not I, this is not a moral stance I'm taking. I'm literally just coming up with an example of how a lofty idea can reflect a level of privilege and dissociation from like being in the valley of life where real struggles are happening and it's not so easy to just disentangle yourself through lofty visions or grandiose ideas. Do, do you know what I mean? We have to be very careful when Mars conjoins Pluto that we aren't subtly trying to uh, dominate or assert our loftiness over other people uh, and actually reinforcing um, things like hierarchies and so forth by uh, by saying that, you know, we've got the best or, or loftiest idea in not recognizing maybe how we've come to that place there's there's what i'm trying to say and maybe i'm not saying it so well is that there can be a kind of elitist quality with even the most virtuous progressive noble big-minded kind of ideas that we get excited about and so you just have to stay humble i think that's the thing with this combination it's like enjoy big ideas let them be activated and and let them work you and work on them right and there's nothing wrong with big grand virtuous next level thinking and all of the aquarius stuff is very exciting stay humble make sure that you remain a a a, a sort of fucked up (laughs) sort of fucked up citizen of earth you know what i mean so um that's, that's all I have to say about the short-sightedness of lofty ideas as the fifth point here. I hope that made sense. Anyway, um, that's it for today. Uh, before you go, don't forget, we have a webinar this Thursday night on Pluto and Venus. You can sign up on the website. Can't attend live. We, tend, we send you the video later. Um, then you can sign up if you want to for next month's talk or April's talk. On Neptune and Uranus and love and relationships. Those are open to students of all levels. So I'm trying to, I'm creating a monthly webinar that's designed for people who uh, just want to do a little astrological learning, but maybe aren't ready for an intensive program or an advanced master class, something like that. So these are really beginner friendly and also specific enough that advanced students can get something really good out of it. So, anyway, uh, uh that is it for now. Um, if you guys, by the way, um, where is it? If you have any questions about anything on the website, info at nightlightastrology.com. All right, take it easy. And uh, we will be back for more on the Venus Pluto transit this week and lots of other good stuff. All right, take it easy. Bye.